All right, it's 10 o'clock. You're tuned to WPKN in Bridgeport. This is Dave on a Sunday night. And uh, what am I going to say? Oh, here's I've got I've got it all. I've got a I've got a guest scheduled, and uh, we're ready to we're ready to go with that. So uh, this program is all about great voices, and uh, I, I include uh, instruments and singing, some famous, some obscure. But I'm really interested in the uh, obscure and uh, great, like Randy Burns. Well, the, the, the folk singers of the 60s, some had great voices. Randy Burns, Phil Oaks, Ed McCurdy, um, Nick Drake. Um, all were um, amazing voices. And we're going to talk about um, a great voice tonight by someone named Jackson C. Frank. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, music from him, and then we're going to talk with Michael Aguirre, who wrote a play that weaves a story around uh, uh, one of Jackson C. Frank's recordings, and we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to Michael about a new play called Jackson C. Frank Listening Room. So this is Jackson Frank from 1965, and then I'll be back in uh, I'm not going to play the whole track. I'm just going to play, play a bit of it, and uh, we'll be back to talk to Michael about his new play. Michael, are you there? I am. How are you? Good, good, good. So, um, Michael, Aguirre or Aguirre? Aguirre. Don't worry. Aguirre. Nobody, nobody pronounces it right the first time. Well, we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it right tonight. Um, Michael Gary wrote a play that weaves a story around uh, Jackson C. Frank's um, record, one of his recordings, and we're going and he, we're talking to him about a new play called the Jackson C. Frank Listening Room, and Michael, I want you to tell me about the listening room idea. What what's what's that all about? And how do you weave? How do you put? How did you come? How did you come across? How did you put Jackson C. Frank into it? Good question. First, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so the show is the Jackson C. Frank listening party with special guests. It's a mouthful. Um, and what it uh -huh. is, it's, it's a virtual event that we've created. And when I say we, it's a New Light Theater Project and. 59E59 Theaters, uh, two theater companies in New York. And it's a virtual event that you could tune in uh, from the comfort of your own home. And half of it is a listening party where we're going to listen to the full 
self-titled Jackson C. Frank album. And then between each song, I'm going to tell you uh, a somewhat autobiographical story about the relationship I have with my brother and our obsessive nature when it came to collecting music when we were young. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's hard to explain where exactly I found Jackson C. Frank. A couple of things happened, I think. First, I uh, found myself with a little more time on my hands during the pandemic this past year. And uh, one of the things I was tasked to do was go home to my parents' house were trying to slowly clean out the house, and I was to organize both our baseball card collection and our massive CD collection, both of which are wildly obnoxious and and probably worth very little. Um, But my brother and I would collect hundreds, if not thousands, of CDs when we were growing up. And as I was going through our CD collection last summer, Uh, I was putting them all on my laptop or attempting to put them into the digital world, and I came across this Jackson C. Frank self-titled album, and I couldn't recall where I exactly heard or found it years ago. And uh, I started playing it, and I sort of became obsessed with it. I was fascinated with the album. I never remembered ever playing it when we were growing up. but I, I just think it's an incredible album. And, and one of the things that's been going on during the pandemic, different artists have been hosting listening parties online where they're gathering in the Twitter world or in the virtual world, sitting and listening to entire albums in one sitting with audiences across the country, sometimes across the world. So that's a, a few different reasons how I came up with this show um, where we're going to sit and listen to 32 minutes of Jackson C. Frank, and then you're going to hear me tell a story that's another 35, 40 minutes. So interesting. So getting back to the listening uh, party, I've been to concerts. I I kind of went to a concert at Carnegie Hall that was basically a listening party. And they Mm -hmm. just played, they played songs from, um, like the Rolling Stones' third record. I mean, that was the whole concert. <laughs> and uh, it's not much different than, than going to a, a live performance, I mean, having a, a recorded listening party, but scaled, just a different scale, but you're taking it, you're making a play out of it. It, it, becomes, a, it becomes a whole different, a whole different world. Well, there, yeah, there's something really unique about it. And, and I, I remember I just saw the Joshua Tree Tour when you 2 came around and they played through the entire album. And I remember I saw, I think, The Who, maybe 15 years ago, they played through most of Tommy. There's there's a type of theatrical experience when an artist is is playing through their full body of work. Uh, And there's there's something theatrical about it, too. When you go see a a theater musical, uh, you're you're technically sitting through two hours of the the entire album, the entire body of work. Uh, right. It's a unique, weird, fulfilling experience rather than listening, you know, to one-off songs or just the just the radio plays. Yeah, I saw um, a, uh, a show in uh, at, at Town Hall a couple of years ago. It was the songs of Bob Dylan from 1965. <laughs> and they invited you know like 15 artists to just 
do a song from Bob Dylan and a range of a range of artists. It was just a full house to just to listen to um, obscure artists sing songs of Bob of Bob Dylan. Yeah, I, I, and I, you know, there's something there's something about Jackson C. Frank's story. There there isn't much known of it too. He like you mentioned earlier, he is an obscure artist. He you you talked briefly about Nick Drake, some of these early folk, 60s uh, folk rock music makers. Uh, some gained notoriety uh, only either after their death. Uh, Jackson, he has a somewhat of a cult following, but years after he also passed away, he never saw the type of success uh, while he was alive that Myself and I think a lot of other people thought he may have deserved. Right. Were you around in the in the in the 60s to witness any of any of uh, any of that? No, not. At, I'm I'm in my mid 30s. I I think one of the obsessions my brother and I had were were 60s rock and roll. Uh, I think we wished we were a, a part of that time, and that's a little bit about what the what the play is about too. Right, but Jackson. I mean, from the f- song that I played, that's a that's a that's a that's a out and out folk song that even in 1965 would be hard to uh, hard pressed to find out anything about it. So he was really digging in. Yeah. I mean, he had he had a lot of di- uh, of surprising depth for uh, um, someone at the time. You know, kind of pre pre dated uh, the the later resurgence of the real early. Music, interesting, but um, so go on. So go on about the play. I don't want to distract you. The, 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 so people people dial in or connect to the play, and they're equipped with the recording. And they, do you tell them when to play the recording? Which is when tickets launch. It starts on March 29th and runs through April 11th. And if you book right, a ticket, right. you can book free tickets in advance. At of it, 59e59.org, and you'll receive a link to a video, and the video is our 80-minute show, um, and we ask you to pull up, you're going to listen to the music on your own player or your own device, so part of it, you'll have the video of the performance, and part of it, you're going to pull up a playlist, you can either do it on Spotify or YouTube, uh, which are free of charge, or if you have a premium account, you could find it on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and you'll be directed, you know, you'll listen to a scene or watch a scene of the play, and then I'll tell you, okay, play the next track. You'll go to your playlist, and we'll all listen to the next track together. Then we'll come back to the video, and I'll continue the the story. So it wraps around the story. Now, the the story is based on your biography. Um, Does do elements that what elements of uh, Jackson Frank are left? Did you are left in the story, if any? We brush on Jackson's life, which is uh, brief in detail. There's actually, I think, a guy named Jim Abbott who's currently trying to make a documentary. I think he's in the process about Jackson's life. Uh, but part of the story is my brother and I growing up, and we would host our own private listening parties, and we would make it a mission of ours to listen to entire lengths of albums. Every time we would buy a new CD, it was our 
it was our goal. We had to sit and listen to the, through the entire length of the album, uh, you know, without break or pause. As uh, did your brother? Intense. Did your Go brother? Ahead. You have the same taste in taste in, uh, in music. He was a little older, so whatever his taste in music was, that became my taste. So <laughs> the, the short answer is yes, absolutely. Part of the, you know, Jackson had a, what we know a somewhat tragic life. Um, when he was, you know, part of the crux of the story we tell when Jackson was in middle school, growing up in Buffalo, New York, in the mid fifties, his school caught on fire. He received terrible scars and burns, and I think about 15 of his classmates died. And supposedly what you can piece together from his biography is that that, that event had lasting, long-lasting impact on his life. Oh, my goodness, sure. Uh, nothing tragic has happened like that in mine and my brother's life. But I think, again, we were both obsessed with, with 60s rock music, uh, and we both thought out uh, a, a type of hippie lifestyle, expatriate lifestyle. Uh, Jackson C. Frank actually went to London when he was in his early 20s, and he ran into Simon and Garfunkel. And Paul Simon actually produced the album that we're listening to, and they they even cover Blues Run the Game, the first track on the album. And a lot of people might recognize that song. It's been covered quite a lot. I don't know if people ever quite piece it back together to Jackson Frank. Um, but the story is, is intertwined about this artist's search for music um, and kind of his disappearance into obscurity. When, when you were putting this show together, or when you were thinking about doing a listening uh, party show, where did you consider any other artists? This was the First one that stood out to me a few years ago, I actually, uh, my producing partner, Sarah Norris, who's the artistic director of New Light Theater Project, we had this harebrained idea to host people in our apartment and play. You'd invite people to bring drinks and, you know, incense, and we'd listen to the full Joni Mitchell Blue album together um, mm -hmm. and kind of tell a story around that. We've had different incarnations that that we've brainstormed and never quite found a way, but there's a similar vibe, I think, in taste. We wanted something that's sort of stripped down uh, and that runs the gamut of emotion, too. It, you know, you played part of Kimby, which is a, an amazing song on the album. There's socio-political, lyrical songs. There's blues songs. Well, that was you know, the time. He has a song on the civil rights, his civil rights protest song. Uh, he has really introspective work, uh, like Nick Drake, like Joni Mitchell, um, and, and like you said, that was the time too. So I think we were always floating around that style. So the, the, the so your show, the show really had a long gestation. I mean, you've really been thinking about it a long, a long time. It just didn't pop out of thin air. Probably for about 10 years, we've, we've tried to create something like this. And it just so happened we were in this pandemic, and I think themes of, of isolation and trying to figure out ways to bring people together uh, pushed us forward into writing the story. 
Well, could, could you've come up with a happier listening uh, listing uh, party? You know, something, you know, get happy, go happy, be happy. Sorry, say that one more time. Could you have done something uh, something with a little bit more uh, happiness in it? Because uh, Frank had such a sad such a sad life. I mean, it, I I suppose we could. Maybe that'll be the sequel. Uh, <laughs> I I think just the the place where I was maybe uh, you know eight months ago when I started writing this. I'm a theater artist and a theater producer and a theater maker. The theater was and currently is still uh, closed down. I'd lost work. Um, I'd lost gigs, so I think the, the mood in my own personal place in life at the time and, and currently still was in this uh, more somber more somber tone. Maybe in six months when everybody's got the vaccine and we're all uh, jumping in the streets, we'll, we'll, take a, we'll take a stab at something a little more upbeat maybe. Right. Well, the times led, the times led to the to, to where you're at right now, and it certainly it certainly hit on it certainly hit on it. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, the Access Theater, or no, no, the, um, the the theater that you started, the uh, the New Light Theater project. What's what's that all about? New Light Theater project is a, a collective of artists based in and around New York City. Uh, we started it about eight years ago, and it's made up of about 50 different types of theater practitioners, writers, directors, designers, stage managers, and uh, we're all dedicated to helping each other create unique new work for the stage. During this time, we've had to shift our focus a little bit to do more virtual work, like this Jackson C. Frank listening party. Uh, we launched a, a radio drama series, if you are in the mood to listen to some radio dramas, you can find it on podcasts most anywhere on most any streaming platforms, New Light Theater Project. There are full-length episodic plays in radio drama form. There's short drama plays in radio form. And this is kind of our first stab at a virtual stream of a, of a show with music. Right, right. The the radio plays that you've done particularly interest me since since I'm on the radio, and uh, uh, can you tell me a little bit about the stuff that you ended the the stories that you end up with playing on the radio? What 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 do you think works? What kinds of stories that you've uh, produced are working or or playing now? Some of the stuff playing now are really character driven work. Uh, We have a play called Invincible Ones currently playing about a, a group of young New Yorkers dealing with the, the death of a friend in in, in their own ways. Um, you know, I think some of the radio dramas we've been playing that have worked are about personal connection, which is something that people, I think, have been craving over this uh, year-long pandemic. Right. Um, and, and we're still going to keep creating until we we get back in the theater. Um, again, it's, a, it's an alternative form to try and keep creative, keep busy, keep active while we're waiting for the for the actual stage to open back up. Well, I think that some of the work that you're doing may have a life of its own on, um, you know, and, uh, and reach a broader audience possibly than some of the small theaters that, you know, that you work in. I, I hope, and that's my hope for 
preferred room. I think I think people are finding that there's there's an advantage someone in New York can you know at least in the virtual world can play to someone in LA and Texas and London we've had people tuning in from Australia um, you know hopefully you, you don't have to be present at the moment there are different ways uh, to connect people on a wide basis um, and I think that's some of if you you can do a quick search on Google for current listening parties. There are musicians who are hosting listening parties online at the moment. Tim Burgess uh, of the Charlatans, Franz Ferdinand, Rufus Wainwright held a, an online listening party. Um, it, it's an alternative, unique way of, of connecting to, to broad audiences at the moment, and it, it seems to, to have its charm. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you use the network. Well, you use the, the Internet to network, and the shows that you're doing could be network, could easily be networked and reach a vast audience if you, if you had the right, you know, connections and, and uh, um, formula, I guess. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I think I think of you as being a, a pioneer in, in, what you're in, in the theater of what you're doing right now. Well, thanks. There, there are a, a, a lot of artists who are, are currently out of work who are coming up with some really, really inventive stuff. Um, and, and like this Jackson C. Frank listening party, too, you know, we're hoping that uh, if, if all goes well, when again, when theaters open up, we take it on the road, too, and, and uh, keep the show going. So that might show up at uh, 59th, East 59th Street. I hope so. I'd I'd love to have a, a live in-person listening party event, like a BYOB event uh, with a big carpet and candles in the middle of a room and 80 minutes of storytelling and listening to music. That would be my ideal performance. Yeah, I like I like that uh, I like that idea too. Um um, I've seen so many interests, you know, kind of interactive. You sit in a small room and um, have a, have much more of an interaction. I mean, I love the small theater. I, I could I could give two hoots about the main stages in Broadway because there are hundreds of theaters, you know, smaller venues in New York City. They're just doing remarkable things. I hope you get back to that. But I, but in the meantime, I'm happy that you're uh, doing what you're doing and staying creative and exploring and uh, we're, yeah. we're, we're so, certainly trying and uh, I appreciate you letting us talk about it too yeah I um let's um tell us one more time about where people can listen to the Jackson C Frank par uh, listening party not where we can listen to the listening party and uh you can find more information about the Jackson C Frank listening party with special guests either at 59e59.org uh, or newlighttheaterproject.com. That's theater with an E-R. Uh, tickets are free to stream. Suggest a donation of 15 bucks if you can swing it. Uh, and it'll stream any time that you'd like between March 29th and April 11th. And, Michael, you're... Uh the uh, the New Light Theater Project also has other things running, like your your radio show, the radio uh, plays are, are running there now. You could check out a bunch of our radio dramas that are running there right now. We have some really cool events coming up too. We're always 
keeping busy and active if you're looking for any type of alternative uh, theater stuff at the moment. Uh, you can also find the radio dramas on most streaming platforms or on Anchor. And that's New Light Theater Project, theater with an E-R. Well, I hope to see you on the stage uh, soon, and thank you uh, so much for uh, spending you know, a couple minutes with me uh, talking about something I thought was pretty interesting. And you turned me on to I, – I, I thought I was a very astute uh, listener of music, and I have – I he caught me – Totally by surprise. I have never heard of Jackson C. Frank, so I'm certainly going to listen to your show and see what see what uh, see where that ends up. Uh, That's great to hear. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time. All right, hang in there. Thank you very much.